Welcome to the Stephen and Arjun's Football Podcast, where they discuss anything football, everything football. This podcast is brought to you by Starshot Bakery and Misuboy SG. Craving for party treats like cakes and cookies in Subang Jaya? Visit starshot.bakery on Instagram. Or would you like tiramisu in Singapore? Visit misuboy.sg on Instagram as well. Good day, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Steven Arjun Football Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Mr. Boy SG and Starshark Bakery. In the last episode, we had our quarterfinals review with Uday Sharma, whereby we talked about um, the outcome of all the four matches, uh, how England trashed Ukraine, and also Switzerland went out of penalties to um, Spain, and Denmark beat Czech in a close, closely fought match 2-1. And as well as uh, Italy's victory over Belgium 2-1 in the uh, big clash. And today, uh, we have Cedric with us to talk about the looking ahead to the semi-finals of the Euro 2020. But first, I want to welcome back my co-host Arjun. Arjun, welcome back. Thanks, Stephen. Good to be back. And Cedric, welcome back again for another episode of Predictions. Thanks for having me back, Stephen and Arjun. <laughs> Oh, I think it's shaping up to how we predicted it other than France. <laughs> yeah. I think the other four teams, yeah. That's okay. Right. Yeah, um, let's let's start off with our first match first, uh, Spain against Italy. Arjun, would you start off? Yeah, of course. Um, I think this semi-final was pretty much how we predicted. Uh, I think at the start of the Euros, we pretty much predicted Italy versus Spain. Uh, maybe some predictions got Belgium there as well. But yeah, it's pretty much gone how we expected. Although Spain made it hard for themselves, uh, not topping the group. Um, they went all the way to penalties against Switzerland in the quarterfinal. Um, they, they did beat Croatia after extra time as well. So this Spain team has been stretched to the limit in the past two games. Uh, they've played a lot longer than necessary. Uh, but yeah, they've reached the semi-final. Um, playing their brand of football, keeping possession, passing, passing, passing. Um, despite having won 5-3 against Croatia, a big victory against Slovakia as well in their final group game, their strikers are still not convincing. It doesn't seem that they can put away every chance that they get. It seems that they need to have 10 chances to score maybe four goals. Uh, yeah, and that's how it's going. Italy, meanwhile, yeah, they won all three games of the group convincingly, uh, despite not facing a big team, yes. Uh, and then they faced the big team, uh, Belgium, in the quarterfinal. They showed another side to their game, um, playing very cleverly. Uh, I think we mentioned this in the previous uh, episode of the podcast, that Italy was really clever. They had a lot of shithouse playing, uh, some time-wasting as well. Uh, Immobile got, uh, pretended to be injured and got up immediately after Insigne scored. A little things like that, as well as being solid defensively. Uh, I think we saw another facet to Italy's game against Belgium, where they are able to defend as well and put away the chances they have uh, clinically. Uh, they don't seem to need tons of chances to score, uh, one or two chances and they, and they can score. And I think that's very dangerous for Spain. Um, and because of that, and also because, as I mentioned before, that Spain went to the limit in their previous two matches, went all the way to extra time, played a lot more than Italy. Uh, I think Italy is going to win this one. 
this Spain team is going to be tired and they'll need to create lots of chances to score, which I don't think they'll be able to against this Italian defence. While Italy just need a few chances to score and I think they will be able to against this Spanish defence. So I see Italy winning this in normal time um, 3-1. All right, Cedric. Yep. So last week, I, I uh, not last week, but the last episode, I said that uh, Belgium versus Italy was the final. So uh, with Italy winning that match, then that means uh, I think Italy wins Euro twenty twenty. Uh, yeah, they win Euro twenty twenty. Um, it's just to lose. You know, if if they don't win it, it's it's uh it's gonna be they're gonna be the biggest losers of the four left. Um, yeah, because they're clearly the strongest out of the four. Uh, they and what Arjun said was right. They showed a different side in that that Belgium game where Belgium was the one attacking and looking for that equalizer, when uh, Italy just sat back, you know, wasted time, <laughs> and all. So um, it shows that Italy can be resilient, and uh, Belgium is a harder team to play against. So against this Spanish team, which is stretched and uh, has has done, uh, uh, it shouldn't even have been in this part of the draw. You know, they finished second in their group. So actually, this clash should have been Italy versus France if if everyone was uh was uh you know winning their games properly. Like Spain would have faced uh, England in the quarterfinals instead. England trashed Ukraine, so <laughs> that's why it made this part of the draw so much harder. Um, uh, yeah. So I, I think there's no question that Italy is gonna win. So I'm gonna go with a two 0 win for for Italy. Uh, yeah, similar to almost. Like what they did to Belgium, but I think because uh, Belgium is stronger than uh, Spain, uh, and you know that's the that's the actually that that's the thing I'm not sure what's gonna happen in this game because uh, Spain doesn't seem like the team that's gonna be dominated, but they're gonna they're gonna hold most of the ball, so it could be the case of you know uh, Italy saying you know what you can you can touch the uh, ball uh, Spain, and uh, when once we get the ball we'll score a goal, but we don't need to touch the ball all the time. And then, you know, they may, it may be a repeat of that match of Italy versus Belgium because I don't know about you guys, but that match to me was kind of boring, especially that second half. The first half was okay. That second half where it was just Belgium trying to find that goal and it wasn't coming. And yeah, I, I think it's gonna, you're going to see a repeat of that where Italy gets the job done in the first half and then uh, second half is just going to be boring. <laughs> Yeah, a very good analysis by Arjun as well as Cedric. I, I, uh, I have to say I fully agree with both of you. I feel, and I have to add that, I feel throughout the tournament, even though Italy did not play a big team other than Belgium, you know, they, they did not, they, it's not a group of death, you know, their, their group was relatively easy, but I feel that they were very stable throughout. There wasn't one point in time whereby you see Italy as a, oh, are they on the verge of being knocked out or, you know, you know, um, even the, the dead rubber match against Wales, they still control the game. They won one nil. Um, yeah. So so it was a very very um impressive tournament, and probably like we say in the last podcast with Cedric, probably being under the radar, um, pre tournament and after tournament started helps, whereby you see pre tournament favorites like Belgium, France got knocked out earlier. Yeah. So um. Yeah, the 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 the, the, the Italy's performance is very stable. I would say not impressive, but it managed to deliver results. Spain, on the other hand, has been underwhelming so far. Even though they did win five 0 against Slovakia in the third round of the third round of the group stage, but a point to note is that they did draw four of the last five games within ninety minutes. So meaning to say, the two past the 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 the, the previous two rounds of knockout round, they are actually 
they had to go through the extra time, extra 30 minutes of game. And uh, the last round, they went through penalties as well. Yeah, so um, like what Arjun said earlier, um, Spain's attacking department is still quite unconvincing. Uh, the fact that they require an own goal to, 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 to get their only goal against Switzerland the last round, you know, uh, uh, speaks a lot. Yeah, so yeah, so uh, I agree with what Cedric said. Um, Spain will control much of the possession, but uh, I feel Italy will 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 be the one who will be finishing the chances off. So my prediction is Italy three, uh, maybe Spain one. Yeah, all right. Um, next match is England against Denmark, Cedric. You know what's funny about that game is because uh, if, if um, my, my predictions pre-tournament were the other semi-final would be Belgium versus France. So completely wrong on that. And then for this semi-final, it was supposed to be Spain versus uh, Denmark. So I, I'm going to toot my own horn. I'm the one who said, yes, Denmark can make it to the semi-finals. Um, so uh, I, I just want to uh, pr- praise myself on that. <laughs> But uh, in this game, I think uh, with England now uh, on form, it could uh, spell trouble for, for the Danes. Uh, but that's not to say that uh, Denmark are, uh, are an easy side to play against. I just think that they are stretched. Because even in that game against Czech Republic, they weren't that much better than Czech Republic, although, uh, although they, uh, they won the game. Like in that second half, uh, I think England should watch that match and see what Czech Republic did to Denmark to neutralize them, which is you had to push them in their own half. And Czech Republic has done that really well across two games now. But I don't know why Czech Republic set against England because it shows that they can clearly push opponents in their own half like they did against Netherlands, like they did against Denmark. So if England can do that with the Danes, it will tire them out. And with people up front who can finish, uh, finish the chances off more clinically than, uh, than the Czechs, I think England can, can win if they play that way. Now, if they do play that conservative way, Whereas like uh, we're gonna play three at the back or maybe we play four at the back, uh, but then the idea is that we we're not we are not gonna really attack. We're not gonna play on the front foot like we did against uh, Ukraine. Then you're in trouble because Denmark is going to. If you don't push Denmark, Denmark's gonna push you. And we saw that Denmark got uh, similar to Italy got the job done in the first half. Second half is just about sitting back. It's just that they weren't as comfortable sitting back as Italy were in that game against Belgium. So. Uh, my advice to Gareth Southgate is that you cannot play that conservative game. You want to play a conservative game against Spain or Italy in the final, go ahead. This is not the time to do it. Denmark, uh, Denmark is a team that if you don't push, they will push you. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go uh, England 1, Denmark 0, just because I think uh, Gareth Southgate is not going to do that. But at the same time, I think they have, uh, they have enough quality to get, to get through. So yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be... Uh, conservative in my in my opinion uh one nil uh but it could be more depends and uh i'm still secretly rooting for denmark because if you look at the overall tournament my my best team is italy my second best team is denmark so if you look at overall performances across the tournament denmark should uh should beat england but it's because i think denmark stretched now whereas england is uh is uh, uh has the momentum is with england right now yeah, definitely a very good analysis. Um, I think it was pretty amazing that Denmark has made it this far. Uh, definitely props to Cedric for predicting Denmark to be in the semis. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
as I think, as I mentioned before as well, Denmark has been a really exciting team. I think even more so than I've seen them in previous tournaments. In previous tournaments, they used to be just a really solid team, uh, being clinical, similar to Czech Republic as well. But this tournament, we've seen a lot more attacking from them, very high price, uh, front players linking up very well together. And the three centre-backs, along with the keeper, Casper Michael, have been a very solid unit as well. And I think they will be the biggest threat to England so far in this tournament, for sure. And in my opinion, I feel this is where England's clean sheet record ends in this tournament. Uh, I think they will concede against the Danes for sure, just because I think Gareth Southgate will be very cautious with his lineup. Um, I I hope he, he attacks Denmark, but I don't think he would. Uh, I think he's going to be really cautious and that will give Denmark the opportunity to press England. And when that happens, uh, as I've mentioned before, I think Kyle Walker is uh, probably one of the only weaknesses in this England team. And if Denmark manages to press him high, uh, they have a chance to score. And that's how I think their goal is going to come. Having said that, I think England's attack is clicking at the right time. Uh, Sterling, Kane have been on form. Shaw is providing very good assists. Um, so I think England would have enough to beat Denmark. Um, it's just that I don't think they will completely dominate and trash Denmark. But I think they will win uh, with a narrow score like 2-1. to one. Uh, Just because I think Denmark will manage to get on the score sheet as well. And, and England's clean sheet run. Yeah, good analysis by both of you. I feel that uh, a good points, uh, a lot of good points being being thrown out. Firstly, is that the momentum is with England now, definitely. The fact that they managed to score four goals against Ukraine and uh, the quarterfinals and and also Harry Kane managed to score three goals in the past two games. Uh, he's coming into form at the right time, you know, at the business end of the of the tournament. And and uh, for this game, I I predict that England will win. Uh, based on the fact that you know they'll be back in Wembley for the semi-finals, they'll have their home fans with them, and and yeah, like what Cedric said, probably Denmark will be kind of burnt out, a bit of burnt out uh, due to the, the the amount of matches and also emotionally, it it will probably start taking its toll on 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 the players after what happened to Ericsson. and I just feel that overall, you know, the quality of 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 England, uh, you know, will will overwhelm Denmark in this game, also because uh, also because Denmark hasn't been playing or facing strong opponents, you know, since they played Belgium, which they lost. So, so probably in this game, yeah, it, it, it's probably the end of the road for them. Yeah, and yeah, I see England winning this. My prediction is uh, England three, uh, Denmark one. Yeah, and also I feel the home advantage in front of Wembley um, is a big factor. Like, it's a big factor for England as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, that will be my, my, my opinion. Uh, Cedric, anything else to add? I just want to say that for all these four teams pre-tournament, like I'm the only one who called uh, Denmark. And then I'm, uh, I'm also one, one of a few. So Denmark, I'm the only one. And then I'm also one of a few who call out Spain. But uh, so that's why, and then like Italy and, and England, like nobody really called them out because like uh, Italy spot, a lot of people thought it would go to Belgium. Of, uh, yeah, it will go Belgium. And then uh, the England spot would have gone to like uh, Portugal or even Spain. Spain was supposed to have that spot actually because uh, as I mentioned, just now England will face Spain. 
in the quarterfinals. Uh, but Spain, because they finished second, they took that that French spot <laughs> that was taken over by Switzerland. So uh, just kudos to all four teams. Like, there's no losers here right now. As in, like, you know, uh, I mean, of course, they'll be losers because they'll lose the game in the semifinals. But I think all four should be proud of uh, reaching this far because all four have uh, exceeded expectations, uh, as, at least my, my own as well. So although I caught Spain and uh, Denmark being here, the fact that I saw no one else was calling them here, um, it shows that uh, it's not so much that I'm right, but it shows that, you know, uh, based on popular belief that these teams are able to uh, surprise uh, more, most people out there. Yeah, who aren't me. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I think... Yeah, I think it's quite impressive that you call out Denmark at the pre-tournament before the start of the tournament. And I remember we did a preview. Yeah. Whereby we asked you what who will be the surprise package and you said Denmark. Mm-hmm. And that was with Christian Eriksen on board as well. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, because I, I, I remember I, I, I looked at the draw and that draw, the strongest team in that draw was Netherlands. And so if if Netherlands is the strongest team in that draw, you know, I, it's, it's easy. It, they can scrub against anyone, which they did. And in fact, they didn't. Yeah. They didn't scrub against Denmark. They scrubbed even earlier than that. So it, it made it even easier for Denmark to reach the semi-finals. Yeah. yeah so I, and I always believed that Denmark would uh, would go through. So even in if you go back to the previous uh, episodes, I did say you know I think Denmark will lose comprehensively to Belgium. But even when I said that, I knew that uh, Denmark would qualify out of the group uh, on three points. The nine three three three. I already predicted at that point. Yes. So even yes. when they didn't lose, con- uh, although they didn't lose uh, comprehensively to Belgium, they gave a good fight. They even played better than Belgium in that match, although they lost. Yes, they um, did. Yes. Yeah, I, I still think I, I still thought that Denmark would go through. So there was, it was never in doubt for me. So I know a lot of people were like, "Oh yeah, Denmark qualified." All that to me, it was never in doubt. I knew they were going through because there's no way that this Denmark team is weaker than Russia and Finland. Come on. <laughs> yeah, true, true. But but they they did they were last place. After the yes, second round were. of matches, right? Yeah. They were, they were, yeah. So I, I guess I get that. But uh, in terms of quality and in terms of the performances, there was, it was never in doubt. Like, uh, seeing how Denmark performed against uh, Belgium, there was no doubt that they would beat, uh, they would beat Russia. And like Finland, that was a lucky win against, uh, against uh, uh, Denmark. That, that game would have ended the yeah. draw if it wasn't for a mistake. Again, not Kasper Michael's fault because we all know what Kasper Michael went through. But you know, if he if it it was just because of the mistake, or else Finland wouldn't win that game. Yeah. Yeah. True. 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 Yeah. Uh, Cedric, I have a question for you. Yeah. Uh, England, do you think that they are lucky, or they really have what it takes to win the tournament? Uh, hmm. I'm I'm gonna say that this is a better team than the 2018 team. The 2018 team was lucky. I'll say that the 2018 team was lucky. Oh. This one, if you can beat Germany. You, you can't be considered a lucky team anymore. Like, as good as, as, as underwhelming as Germany has been in this yes. uh, Euros, it's still a strong mm. team. They beat Portugal 4 2. And you kept a clean sheet against Germany. So, uh, and, and yeah, so there are lucky moments here and there. Like, there are moments where, you know, Germany actually sliced through the, the English defense, just the ball ended up in the, in the striker's foot who can't score. So, yeah. uh, there are moments of luck like that. But as a whole, the whole tournament, this English team is better than the 2018 team. Uh, I've, I've, really? I've never questioned that, that this was a stronger team. And I did mention in 2018, I said, you're here because of luck. Like, England is here because of luck. But, prove me wrong, reach the semifinals of the Euros, which they did. So, they proved me wrong. 
So again, that's why kudos to all four teams because all four teams have proven somebody wrong in this uh, in this tournament. True, true, true. Yeah. Right, so, thank you, Sajid. Uh, uh, I, I, yeah. yeah, I wanted to ask Sajid a question as well. It's the same question yeah. that uh, Ode asked Stephen in, the, in our previous episode. Do you think this Denmark team is better or worse without Christian Eriksen? Hmm. Uh, I'm going to say better because it's it's kind of... I'm not going to compare this to another... Because the Christian Eriksen incident is much more uh, 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 serious. But like there was this time where Spurs didn't have Harry Kane. And, and when you look at stats, right, uh, uh, Tottenham had a 100% undefeated record uh, without Harry Kane during that season. And it's because when there's no one particular talisman where, hey, uh, let me, I'm not going to pass to this guy. Uh, I have to stand up on my own already. That it actually, it, it, uh, it, it makes people actually stand up. And that's how the likes of Son, uh, Lucas Moura, they, they, all of them, they, they, uh, they, they uh, stood up to the plate and, uh, and, um, uh, uh, help the team, whereas like previously it would be like, um, it's okay, Kane will do it. So now without the Ericsson factor there, that everyone has to uh, has to stand up because like uh, uh sorry step up, like uh I've uh I don't watch La Liga, but I heard that Brathwaite has been quite bad this season. But then you wouldn't know that watching this this tournament, right? Like if you watch this tournament, you would think, oh Brathwaite, where does he play? Oh Barcelona, this <laughs> no wonder he plays good. But then uh, I've heard re- I've heard people saying Brathwaite. Has- been horrible in, in Barcelona this season. So again, you know, because without that Ericsson factor where you can just, oh, I can rely on this guy. Now everyone's stepping up. It actually, it actually makes things, uh, uh, sorry, it makes the team more united in a way. And that's why, you know, we, and you look at the likes of uh, Spain, uh, sorry, Italy as well, where they don't have a star player too. Like you recognize players, you recognize Jorginho, you recognize the centre-backs. But there's no like key marquee player like a Ronaldo or a Messi. Yeah. So you know maybe there's an argument that Portugal should drop Ronaldo and see how Portugal plays. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you next. Like, do you think Portugal would be a better team without Ronaldo? I I would want to, I would try the experiment, but not in the tournament. I would try the experiment yeah. in a qualifier because in a because right now if we look at the tournament, he's still uh, Portugal still being uh, carried by Ronaldo. So I wouldn't take that risk in the tournament. Uh. Whereas, like, when you have no choice, okay, then um, uh, everyone has to uh, everyone has to step up. So I would try that in the qualifier and see what happens. Uh, see whether you know Bruno Fernandes and Bernardo Silva and Jota they all step up. Like I think this tournament only Jota kind of stepped up in some games. Everyone else were kind of underwhelming, and there are reasons why. Like I read, like Felix was playing through an injury and and stuff like that, but. You know, yeah. At the end of the day, it's, it's just very weird that Portugal has so much talent and they're still a Ronaldo team. My whole point was that Portugal is a strong team now. They're not. You cannot call them a Ronaldo team. And this tournament just proved that they are a Ronaldo team again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it's quite interesting that Bernardo Silva just won the Premier League with Man City. Yeah. Bruno Fernandes was the top scorer for United and I think one of mm. the top assistants as well. And yeah. Jota stepped in brilliantly for Liverpool when I think Salah or Mane was injured. Uh, yeah. And somehow in this Portugal team, they just couldn't work. Um, exactly. Yeah, it seems that every ball has to go through Ronaldo. So it yeah. seems like that is a barrier to them. Or win penalties for Ronaldo to score. Yeah. It's not just the attack. Yeah, it's not just the attack. Like when you think about the, the players at the back, Ruben Diaz just won an EPL as well. Yeah. And he's been, he's been bad. <laughs> like I was shocked that the Hungary game, right? If Hungary yeah. had better strikers, they would have scored first against Portugal. 
mm-hmm. because Ruben Diaz was giving them a lot of chance, giving the strikers a lot of chances. Uh, he just let them pass by, and then he was committing some ridiculous fouls that he he was he was smart enough not to do the whole season. Like why you do it now? Why did why didn't you do it against Spurs? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah but so you I, I'm not sure. We'll see like, whether Ruben Diaz is like that in the next season. Uh, hopefully, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That that's true. Laporte, Laporte versus uh, Diaz next season. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, but uh, that's the thing. If Laporte goes to Spurs, I'm I'm willing to make that trade. I'm willing to give Harry Kane to City if we get Laporte because uh uh, oh. uh Spurs need a centre back very much. Yeah, like uh. Uh, if Harry Kane is gone, it's okay because there's still Son, there's Murat. Like it's a big loss. I'm not gonna diminish that, but you need something in defense, man. There's there's no one there right now, and uh, yeah. Uh, so if Laporte comes in, that'll be great. It'll be Man City's loss. That'll be like that's crazy, man, to let Laporte go. But I get it because you have two very good center backs already. You have Stone mm-hmm. and Diaz, and then you have Ake, who is more willing to be a uh, 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 substitute. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm I'm happy to get Laporte in, in that deal. So if if Spurs sells uh Harry Kane to City, I don't mind. If you get Laporte, yeah. I don't want Sterling. I don't want Jesus. I want Laporte. <laughs> yeah, I think there there's a saying that goes uh, attack with you game, defense wins you title. So. Yes, that's right. <laughs> okay. Um, I think that's that's enough discussion for today. Um. Yeah, uh, thank you, Cedric, for, for taking up time for to join us today's podcast. No worries. I'll see you in the final. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely invite you back again for the final uh, final discussion. Yeah, yeah, listeners, if you have any comments or feedback to our podcast, please do leave us a DM on our Instagram. My Instagram handle is at Stephen underscore Rock underscore on, and Arjun's Instagram handle is at Ruven Arjun. And once again, this podcast is brought to you by Misubo SG and Starstruck Bakery. We'll see you again next time in the semi-final uh, review and hopefully eventually the final prediction as well. Cedric, thank you. Arjun, thank you. We'll see you again next time. In the meantime, stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.